Our guest today on Global IQ Minute is Ambassador Youssef Al-Otaiba. He is the UAE's ambassador to the United States. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. The United Arab Emirates appears to have escaped what has been called the oil curse. Despite huge oil and gas reserves that could last over 150 years, your country has built a modern and diversified economy. What lessons might others learn from your country's success? For us, we came to the conclusion early on that even though we are blessed with this wonderful gift of oil and gas, uh, diversification is really the, the key to the future for us. The more we can drive down the role of oil and gas as a part of GDP, the better our economic future looks. We have put together an economic vision plan. We have picked, picked key industries to focus on, like tourism, like manufacturing, like uh, IT and semiconductor manufacturing. All these are designed so we can have a larger and a more diverse economic portfolio so that when oil goes up or goes down, it does not affect the entire economy. So for us, as long as we diversify, um, like an investor does with his own portfolio, I think that, that puts us in a good, very good economic position for the future. And yet services contribute more than 50% of the GDP. How is this accomplished, and does this give you any concern that perhaps not enough emphasis is being placed on other segments of your economy? I think the fact that services are a big part of our economy is actually a good news story. So 50% of an economy that is still dominant and based on oil and gas is actually a very good sign. So we're still going to focus on, on manufacturing, on tourism, on education, on health care. Um, the way that we're going to drive down the 50% of, of the services and the 35% of oil and gas is to continue to develop new industries. And we're well on our way. And I think within the next 10 to 20 years, you'll see both the oil and gas and the services go down as a percentage of UAE GDP. In 2010, you said in an interview with The Atlantic magazine that the UAE cannot live with a nuclear Iran. Since then, has anything changed to make you believe that a nuclear Iran could be contained? And, and how concerned are you about Iran? We're very concerned, but the UAE position has been and always will be that we need to resolve this diplomatically. We need to find a way to resolve this peacefully. I think given everything that the region has went through in the last year or so, the last thing the Middle East needs right now is another military engagement. And as our foreign minister has said in the past, we need to take steps, all of us need to take steps to de-escalate the situation in the region and to make sure that the tensions are brought down. We want to make sure that the environment is stable enough that we can talk our way through this. And yet having said that, are the sanctions working? I think so. I think so, but I think we still need to wait and see. I think the jury's still out. I think we still have to see the effects of the sanctions, and hopefully the sanctions allow us to find a diplomatic solution. At the end of last year, uh, the United States signed a, a major uh, $3.5 sale of arms and weapons systems with your country. In fact, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton has talked about the Gulf states' defensive umbrella. Would you describe the nature of this for us? I think given the nature and the difficulties and the challenges the neighborhood faces, uh, we have a very vibrant economy. We have the second largest economy in the Gulf, uh, sorry, in the Middle East. So we invest in protecting it. Uh, and our relationship with the United States has allowed us to be in a better position to protect all the advances that we've made economically, militarily. 
Um, and the United States, US, U, the US-UAE relationship has actually depended on each other for each other's mutual benefits. So this is not a one-way street. This has actually been to the benefit of both countries. Tomorrow it's a very exciting day for Dallas-Fort Worth. Emirates, your airline, will initiate direct service between Dallas-Fort Worth and Dubai. And uh, today there are nearly 50 weekly nonstop flights between the UAE and American cities. What benefits can the citizens of North Texas expect from this exciting new service? The forecasts I've seen uh, basically predict that just this flight alone will generate about $200 million of economic activity in the, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And that's just the starting point. But a flight like this allows us to really create the bridge that we both need to better understand each other, to enhance diplomacy, to broaden cultural understanding between our countries and our communities. Uh, it's just a regular flight, but the value of the flight, the benefit of the flight, and what it does was bring two countries closer together and its people closer together. Uh, you're looking at uh, someone who's a product of a U.S. education system. So the more we put UAE students in the U.S. and U.S. students in the UAE, and that can be facilitated through flights like this, I think the closer is going to bring our two countries together in the future. And I know education means a great deal uh, to you. In fact, earlier today you met with a, a number of high school students yes. and a number of students listening right now. Uh, the UAE has invested billions into its educational system and indeed has now one of the highest literacy rates in the, in the area, uh, over 90% for Emiratis. <coughs> Uh, should students now consider studying abroad in the UAE? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think when students from the U.S. study in the UAE and vice versa, you are educating the new generation of leaders who are going to deal with each other in the future. These students are going to be the executives, government officials, business leaders of the future. And when they have already been exposed to each other, culturally, academically, um, they're going to have a better sense of understanding one another. Um, Where did you study? In Georgetown. At Georgetown. I'm glad to see that the number of US, uh, UAE students studying in the U.S. is increasing because, again, I think it will make working with each other in the future much easier. But being as someone who studied in the U.S., as someone who spent four years in Washington, D.C., the value of what I've learned as a student in the U.S., going and doing my own laundry, my own dishes, and going and dealing with issues on my own mm -hmm. is as much as is important part of the education just as the academic component. And I think this is something that's you know, we don't factor in when we talk about education. Being abroad, immersed in another culture, really makes a student come back with a much richer experience. And this is something that I advocate all the time. Today, we're, all, we're very lucky in that the UAE has some world-class educational facilities. NYU, Sorbonne, a lot of other pro programs that allow U.S. students to study in, in the UAE just as they would if they were in the U.S. And they maintain their credits. And Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So I, I think there's a value of doing both and encouraging both to increase. Thank you so much for being our guest. You're very welcome, sir. It's great to be here.